We will be in Matthew 6. Finishing up here. How's everyone doing? Fall is on the horizon. Did you feel it this morning? Most of us are happy. That means the Giants should do well. Should. The Niners will be playing. We'll say it that way. And a couple of housekeeping things. Again, if you got an email or were involved with our first impressions teams, greeters, ushers, all that stuff that we do, try and do on Sunday morning, there's a meeting right over here right after church. And there's some information, some sign-up sheets. Kim Grover is going to be heading up that ministry. Uh, Kim Grover is efficient, and she's a good, tough, but fair boss. So come on over, right? The, the meeting will be empty now, but come see us. We'll be over there. It'll, it'll be awesome. Again, 787 is the name we've named our little junior high ministry. There's a couple reasons. One, our church is 787 Walnut, and then Psalm 78, 5 through 7, talks about one generation passing on to the next generation, the glories and goodness of God. And that's all we want to do with young kids, is tell them about God's goodness. So you'll be hearing more about that. And there are some exciting things coming up in the fall. Put your seatbelt on. We had a great deacon meeting yesterday. We're actually going to take the time. We'll do it right now. On uh, the 27th of November, it's a Saturday, we are going to deck the halls of this place. And I need some people who can cook soup and chili and bring bread and have a hearty meal and feed the masses because we're going to make this place very festive. And I have some thoughts and we have some thoughts about how we even want to make our streets, I mean our property, but how we want to tell the Christmas story to the people driving by. And we can do that. So you'll hear more about that. That'll be fun. I believe it's November 27th. It's right after Thanksgiving. So you'll be out of your turkey coma by Saturday. And you will be in a soup coma later that weekend. So you'll hear more about that. Let me pray, and we'll be in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 16. Let's pray. Father, help me and help us. Help us not to, I'll pray for myself, help me not to live as a practical atheist, even one who tends to preach most Sundays. Show us the light of the goodness of Jesus and what he's saying to us when we practice Good things like giving and praying and perhaps fasting. Give me the grace to speak well and speak the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 6. We've been looking at Matthew for a while. We've been looking at this Sermon on the Mount now for months. It's been good for me. I'll be selfish. If that's the reason, so be it. But I think it's been good for a lot of you because as we talk, we are seeing Jesus Not in a new light, but maybe a renewed light, right? And we see what he's saying about his kingdom and his father who is our heavenly father. We looked at some things in Matthew 5 that were no-nos. We know we shouldn't lust. We know that. Jesus explained that. We know that anger is not good. We know that it does crazy things to us. We know that. Jesus talked about that. We know divorce is not the scarlet letter it can be. But it has consequences. And what we saw with that passage is Jesus said largely to men, stop treating women like property. Don't do it. And Jesus flips the script on gender roles 2,000 years ago, not the way we see it today. But he shows people how to treat people as human beings, not as property. Lust and divorce in that section were linked. And we saw that. Then we saw anger and retaliation and hatred. And Jesus had some words on that. 
But in Matthew 6, now he goes from, quote-unquote, some negative aspects of life to some things we probably should be doing. Christians should be giving, and not just money, time, talents, lives, away. We should be serving and giving. Jesus addressed that. And what was the common thread? When you give, do not let your right hand know what your left hand is what? But Matthew 5.16 said, let your good work shine before men. So that was the paradox we tried to answer. You see what Jesus did there? Shine so people can go, there's hope. I see people trying to love God and love others in this crazy world. But then in Matthew 6, Jesus says, don't do it so people will say there's hope. Do it in a self-diminishing way when you give. This is the wrong way to give. Hey, Debbie needs a hand and Dave's here with money. (laughs) Jesus says, don't do that. Jesus says, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And your goodness and the offerings or however we raise the money, Debbie now has and nobody knows. That's how God's kingdom is ushered forth, Jesus says. That makes sense, right? It gives dignity to her. Because she doesn't feel like, oh, and it brings honor to Christ because none of us know what happened. And the best part is I don't even know what happened. I do, but it wasn't like, Carol doesn't go, woohoo, my pastor's great. Never say that. Maybe say my pastor's nice. I hope I'm nice. Okay? That's what Jesus gets. Then he talks about praying. When you pray, don't stand on a corner and shout. We don't know if that happened, but Jesus might have been being comical, but that is the point. Jesus says, when you use many words, like the Gentiles, and when you say all sorts of utterances, and when you use maybe big theological concepts, most of the time, Jesus says, you're doing that to be seen by others. Stop. And we're going to talk about fasting. I don't have a lot of information about fasting. Most of you know what it is. One of the spiritual disciplines we see in the scriptures is to abstain from food for a time. We do this for many reasons. Some cultures do it for health reasons. It's it's good to do that once in a while, right? But the point is we can not live such a carnal, self-indulgent at times or self-gratification life at times where we can pause, hit time out, and concentrate on spiritual things. Maybe we would pray or serve. Or maybe we would take that time and maybe at times use what we would spend every Friday at lunch and put it away for three months and then give discreetly somewhere. So Jesus says we should do those things, but he says do those in the right way. Now the world's response would be, well, if I can do those things in the wrong way, I'm just not going to do them. That's the world's response, the easy way out, right? Well, if I can give in a wrong way, guess what? I'm just not going to give, therefore I won't give in a wrong way. Well, if I can pray in a way to bring honor and glory to myself, guess what? I'm just not going to pray. Easy way out. Does Jesus ever offer the easy way out to us? Rarely because it's not good for us and ultimately because he didn't take the easy way out. He went to Calvary. Amen? So he says, pick up your cross and follow me the way I went. We go, okay. And then it comes to fasting. And we'll see it. Jesus basically says, when you fast. Don't do it in the wrong way. But there's an underlying theme, and this gets a little dicey sometimes in Christendom. There's different thoughts. 
you and I are rewarded when we obey. That's a good thing, right? When you give, when you give time, treasure, talents, serve, you will be rewarded. God is just and good. When you pray, when you seek the Lord, when you spend time with him, you will be rewarded. God is just and good. He's a good dad. When my kids do what they're supposed to do, they get rewarded. Part of the problem with parenting is sometimes I give them things when they don't do what they're supposed to do, then you got to backtrack, right? And when we fast, when we partake in spiritual discipline, we will be rewarded. There's two rewards. Look at them. Matthew 6, 16. Here we go. Jesus' own words. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the who? We learned about them. Now quickly, hypocrites does not mean those who miss the mark, those who don't live up to their Christian ideals. It doesn't mean that. Hypocrite in this section means don't be like those who only fast to be seen by the public. That's what he literally says. Don't perform like those people, okay? So, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Jesus keeps it real. Jesus puts people on blast. That's the lingo we'll use nowadays, right? What he does is he is pointing out some of the practices widely done by not just Jewish or rabbinical teachers, but lots of religions. And what people would do is they might be fasting, but to show how good of a faster they are, they would actually disfigure themselves to look more gaunt and more miserable. And then they would walk down the street and you guys would go, oh my gosh, look at how pious. That, oh my, they're so spiritual. Oh, he's, he's a holy man. When Jesus is actually pointing out, no, he's an actor. How many of you guys have been to a Broadway show? Has anybody ever had the chance to meet one of the performers after the show? Most of the time they look totally different. Why? Because under the bright lights and in costume, they are extremely made up, even the gentlemen, right? <laughs> I thought you had green eyes. There were contacts. I thought you were much paler. No, that was makeup. I thought you were taller. Those were shoes. I thought you were skinnier. No, I had it. Don't ask that. There was a corset thing or whatever, right? Jesus says that's what many of the performers of religion would do. Look how spiritual they are at First Baptist. They fast and look like death. Jesus says, no. Truly I say to you, will they be rewarded? Yeah, they'll be rewarded for like three seconds. Maybe a day. Maybe they'll get a special position. I don't know. But they'll be rewarded by people, by humans, by sinful creation. That's who gives their reward. Other people. You know Donald Trump puts on his pants just like me and you, right? You know Hillary Clinton does the same, right? People. Just people. Right? Next verse. But when you fast, when you partake, when you enter into discipline, as you should, we can have coffee or do a Sunday school class, maybe what that looks like, but for this sermon, Jesus says, do the same things you would always do. How many of you brush your teeth in the morning? 
Bless you, we'll pray for the rest of you. That's what we'll say on that, all right? How many, how many of you shower at least once a week? Don't raise your hand. How many of you wash your face? Don't. How many of you take care of yourself to a certain degree? We're doing junior high ministry. We could use some of you people to help out the junior hires with some of that, okay? The point is, do what you normally do. Jesus isn't saying go above and beyond to deceive. Take care of yourself like any other day. Be you. Isn't Jesus amazing? Right to the point. Next verse. That your fasting may not be seen. Now some of you might go, wait, Jesus is telling us to deceive other people when we partake in disciplines. No, Jesus is saying discipline, walking with him, giving, praying, fasting, abstaining, should become such a part of your life as you walk with him. It's just like any other day. We're not deceiving We're obeying, right? That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by who? God. Who is in secret. Everyone go, duh. That's one of the biggest objections to believing in God. He appears to operate mysteriously and in secret. Some analogy there, some things going on. And your father who sees... I'm going to do this for the last part of my sermon. And your father who sees all things in secret will reward you and reward I. Don't get fooled by the English. We see secret and go, God missed a couple things. What Jesus is actually saying is, no, your father who sees all things in secret will what? Don't think God seeing in secret means he will miss something that you do good or. So we'll talk about that. We do that in America. We think David Copperfield, magic in secret. That's not what it means. It means God who sees all things but isn't letting anybody know that he sees all things, sees. So know that. That's strong here. Is there one more or is that it? Is there 19? There we go. Next week, sorry. Good job. Let's hear for the tech team. Next week, next week, next week. So that's where we're at. Jesus... For the third time, our third week teaching says, don't stop doing the things you ought to do, but do them for your father, for him to see, who sees in secret. Jesus assumes certain practices will be done when we're trying to live and walk with him. He assumes we'll give, not just when the tithes or offerings are collected, we'll give. Many of you give many different ways. Do it. But in your giving, do not let this know what this is doing and give unto who? Him, even if it's at work. Give unto the Lord. Colossians 3, 17 is pretty clear. Whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, do to the glory of Christ. Okay? Jesus then talks about pray. This is dangerous when we pray with what? We learned about it two weeks ago. Microphones. I and others need to pray not to perform, but to pray to who? God, and honor him. And then when we fast, when we abstain from food or other things in honor to the Lord, we've made a commitment, do it in a natural way, just make it be just like any other day. It would be bad for the pastor to go on Facebook and go, 
I'm going to fast. Here we go. Send, post, whatever I do. One, because I don't go on Facebook that much, so that would be awkward, right? I don't post very much, maybe pictures of the family. And two, that would be living in the, the exact opposite ways which Jesus has prescribed. So quickly now for nine minutes. It's 1051. This is the crux of the Sermon on the Mount to some degree. It is the good news. It's the things we've been learning. It's all the things that Jesus is telling us. But there's an underlying theme here. And I mentioned it a month and a half ago, but I want to spend a little more time because I don't want to freak anybody out. This is the heart work time. Anybody want to work on their heart? Good, at least you're honest. Why is working on a car so much easier than working on a heart? Why is working on a body so much easier than working on a heart? At the heart of all of this is Dave Johnson, your pastor, going to obey Christ and live unto the audience of one, his heavenly father, or will he live as a practical atheist? I'm going to explain that. Atheism is a bad word, right? Not really. It's just, I don't want to make it a bad word. I don't want to pit people against people. But when I live unto the prescriptions in the Bible and obey Christ, and when I give, and when I pray, and when I fast, and when I discipline my life spiritually, so that my father who is in secret will see me and I'm good with it, that's biblical faith. That's Christianity. That's a response to the gospel. Why? Because Jesus is pretty simple and pretty clear. As you live your life, live it unto God who sees in secret and he will reward you. But the juxtaposition is, I don't live my life with words, nor do you. You live your life with seconds, then minutes, then hours, then days, then weeks, then what's next? We'll go quarters, or month, quarters, year, decade, some of us are in a few, right? And maybe, if we're lucky, a century. How we live our life is not based on the words we say. We know that. Look at the political machine we live in. Amen? It's what we do. I hate to say it that way because I'll say it that way. It's not a workspace salvation. I'll get there. It's how we serve. It's what we pay homage and allegiance to over the long haul. All of us Christians slip up. All of us miss the mark for a season. But then when we're convicted and we repent, we walk back to our Father and we say, help me. And we get back on that path. And we walk the path of faith. We respond to the gospel every day. So what Jesus is getting at is, if it is your pattern, Dave Johnson, me, I'm going to speak to me, to preach and to blog and to email about living for the audience of one, and then you walk out that door or walk out that living room or walk out of your office and live to please other people, Dave Johnson, you're a practical atheist because you don't believe a thing of what Jesus taught. That's where it cuts. This is the cutting sermon. Here it is. This is the heart work. This is why Jesus is at times too much to what? Take. And I'm telling you, they had a hard time back then. We have it harder now because of where we live and the great prosperity it's produced. 
this is the greatest vehicle in the history of mankind to try and live for the praise of others. Right here. Especially when we're trying to walk humbly and serve Jesus. Because it's so easy just to go, what? Look at me. Look at how good I am. Look at how wonderful I am. And the likes go up or the shares go up or you get commented and you're like, that felt really good until I'm hungry and then it doesn't feel so good anymore because it's fleeting. So what I want to close with is Jesus talks to us in love about this notion of practical atheism. If I continue over a pattern to objectify people, women and men, to gain power and privilege and authority, I don't believe the Bible, I believe myself. You see where Jesus goes? If I, as a pattern over the long haul, I'm talking weeks and months and decades and years, don't deal with the anger and frustration and hurt and want to take vengeance on people, no matter what Dave preaches or what Dave believes per se, I am living as a practical atheist because I haven't heeded to the instruction of my God. When God says, vengeance issue, let me think. What did Jesus do with vengeance? He was crucified in a kangaroo court by an evil people, and he was a just human being, the only real just person who ever walked the face of the earth, and he was crucified. And he rose three days later. You know the real reason why the disciples were scared of him? One of them denied him three times. The other ten at that point, because Judas was doing his own thing, hid and were ashamed of him. And so when the women went, they said, he's risen, he's here. Some of the guys were like, I'm going to get a whooping. He has a rightful disposition to take vengeance against me, and I'm going to get it. And what was the first thing he said to his boys who betrayed him? Peace be with you. I see your faces. It's a little different at 1057 usually in the weeks. We're smiling. I, I don't want to condemn anyone. I want to lay out for us the difference between practical atheism and biblical Christianity. Let's not live like atheists practically. What I mean practically is let's not live for the praise of other people like everyone else does. Let's understand that Jesus said, do what you're supposed to do to be seen by your heavenly father and you will be rewarded. I don't know what that reward is. Personally, at times, when I've prayed and sought the Lord and my heart has been crushed, I've received peace from nowhere I know where it's from. Certain times when I spent time with the Lord, you know what he says to me? Peace, yes, is coming. <laughs> Forgiveness has already been paid on the cross. But get up and work on the things I've asked you to work on. But because he's good and because he's loving and I know he's for me, I can walk in that and go, yeah, he's for me. He has just asked me to get up, shake off the dust, and obey. If I am a person who is living for the praise of others, I really don't trust my Heavenly Father is what I'm getting at. And hear me, this is not condemnation. If the Holy Spirit is turning the lights on, what do we know about our Heavenly Father? Because of what Christ has done, he has paid it all, and forgiveness 
and newness is offered. If you've never received Christ, come talk to me. That's who he is. If you have been convicted in a good way, do business with your father. Father, forgive me and help me. And he shows up. I don't want to be a practical atheist as a pastor. And you should go what? Amen. And the gospel call to all of us in light of the Sermon on the Mount is we don't want to be like that either. We want to walk in the way of Jesus. Quickly go back to the Beatitudes. That's how we start. Blessed are the poor in what? Spirit. I'm not very good at being spiritual, but my God is good, and he's showing me. I'm obeying. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the meek. That's how we walk. So the kids have come in, so I guess I'm done. Is that how it works? Who paid her off to do that? Amazing. Let's pray. Actually, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's hear the word of the Lord today. Let's walk out of here forgiven, redeemed, loved, accepted. If God wants to do business with that, do business with your Heavenly Father. The Holy Spirit will communicate that to your heart. That's why I'm here and others to help try and talk and pray us through this. And let's be a church who would live for him and be content when he sees what we do. Amen? Let's pray. Father, help us. Help me. Thank you for this wonderful family. Thank you for their hearts and their lives and their minds and everything that you're doing. As we go, fellowship, bless us and keep us. Give us the grace and the understanding to try and suppress the temptation to live for everything out there and be content in living for you. Help us now in Jesus' name. Amen.